0: We're listening to David Essel Alive, America's Positive Radio. Celebrated twenty-two years on the air, gang. Welcome as we rock across the USA and the world. David Essel Live, America's Positive Radio, talk show 1-800-548-8255, broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California, XM Satellite Channel 168, and for your friends that do not have XM yet, they can stream it live at talkdavid.com, and if they become a member, and I'll give you this information later on in the show, if they become a member of the David Essel vip text club they can even listen to the show directly on their smartphone iphone android you name it one 800 proud to be part of the premier radio network and it's all positive talk this show is about solutions it's not about conspiracy it's not about nonsense it's about solutions so when you're looking to improve your mind your body your spiritual path your health your finances your relationships you name it you got it we have the answers, and we have amazing guests like coming up in just a moment. Former NFL linebacker, New Orleans Saints, former pro bowler, Keith Mitchell's going to be with us, talking about, believe it or not, now this guy is ripped. I have to tell you, he's freaking ripped. And he is a huge proponent of yoga. And I'm going to ask Keith, and he's listening right now, so he's going to get a chance to prepare himself for this question, like, whoa, what part of his training program that can, constitutes yoga could benefit his body the way he looks. We'll talk about injuries. We'll we'll talk about the spiritual side of yoga. We'll talk about the mental side of it, the attitude side of it. There's so many things I want to ask Keith and it's great to have him with, with us. And it's kind of cool because Super Bowl is a week away. 1-800-548-8255. If you want to call us, call us. If you have a question for Keith, call us with a question for Keith. Text us 941-266-7676. So let's go to Keith right now, former NFL Pro Bowl to yoga. Hey, Keith, welcome to the show. How
1: you doing? How you doing, David? Thanks I'm doing
0: hours. great. Hey, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. Hey, we're we are one week away from the Super Bowl. Do you still get like juiced, excited? Do you still get that that adrenaline running through your body, even though you're not playing?
1: Uh, of course, I mean you know it brings back so many memories of, of playing the game, it was a big part of my life. So of course, I, I
0: really do. And who do you think's going to win?
1: I'm a defensive guy, so I got to go with Baltimore. You know, Ray Lewis, uh, Ed Reed are some of the best players to play that position um, that's that's ever played the game. And I look for right. those guys to to continue on through the Super Bowl and have a successful run.
0: And then and then on the other side, we've got Patrick Willis, who isn't too bad, right?
1: No, he's not too bad, but uh, you know, I would take Ray Lewis over Patrick Lewis, uh, Willis, <laughs> or Willis any day. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there. I am absolutely with you. Okay, so now the question: You're like when when you look at your pictures, you are so ripped. Were you? Did you look like this when you played ball?
1: I, I did. I did. You know, fitness uh, is a big component of the sport. Uh, I was blessed to have been around some of the most amazing uh trainers uh that we had in the league they're still actually active and, and training certain teams. Uh so I've been fortunate to be, you know, blessed with that background of training.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. how does yoga, Keith, seriously. Like when I think of yoga, I don't think of someone with your body, right? Isn't that wouldn't that be correct? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and that's a good thing uh, in a sense because I I think uh, that's a big part. missing from the fitness world, from the from the sports world, you know, high competitive sports. I think yoga is a big component that's missing that's that's needed uh, for a lot of reasons. We'll talk about, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and where was it? Where was your introduction? Like, how did you even get introduced to yoga?
1: Well, I I suffered a really severe injury in Jacksonville. Um, I, we were playing the Buffalo Bills. I was making. A random tackle, and uh, through the process of that tackle, falling to the ground, trying to get up, uh, my body wouldn't respond from the neck down. I had no mobility, and and basically, uh, through my rehabilitation, um, you know, I, I was taught yoga because I had limited movement. So, so we it was called pranayama, uh, the practice of pranayama, which is basically breathing exercises. And um, ever since then, I owe it all to. The concept of breathing, meditation, and yoga. So uh, it's been a big part of my life since I left the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the what what went through your mind when when you do you remember what went through your mind when you couldn't move? Do you remember thoughts?
1: Of course. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of it was very scary for me. I, I to tell you the truth, I, I was embarrassed. I mean, I had never been uh, I never sustained an injury that uh, left me. On the ground, helpless uh, to be carted out. I mean, uh, so it was really uh, a, a big blow to the ego, so to speak. But then, mm-hmm. then things kind of settled down. I, I, I came to a resolution of what the problem, what the the, the injury was, and it, it basically opened my eyes to a whole whole new look on on mm-hmm. life, basically. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when we when we think about the benefits just let's say from coming back whether we, we we, i don't know how many former nfl players we have keith listening right now but but the the odds are we've probably got a few as a matter of fact you know who was a guest several times recently about a week or two week ago um ernest graham the running back from florida and then the tampa bay bucks yeah i, I um, played against him
1: I, I i played against him yeah
0: oh did you really
1: yeah i did uh
0: yeah. He is he is a great guy. Uh, do you know Ernest personally at all?
1: Not personally, just from playing. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, yeah. Know. He he is Keith. Um, you know he's very down to earth. Um, you know, grew up in very very tough environment. Uh, you know, comes through it now. Now he's he's just started a foundation to help young girls in tough environments. But a, a, a great guy. Um, but most of the people listening to this show are probably. Weekend athletes, or they are, um, they, maybe they work out in the gym three, four, five times a week. Tell us the benefit for anyone listening getting into yoga if they're already into training. What would be the benefits for people to get into yoga?
1: Well, I say to everyone, it, it's an idea of basically we're conditioned to give, 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 you know, almost so we're good to like we're basically depleted. I think the idea of yoga is as you give, you give back to the body as you uh... go out and create the traumas cause realize that when you are lifting the weights you are uh... doing the pounding on the pavement by running things like that you're actually breaking down the muscles creating uh... tears in the muscles so as mm-hmm. you create a practice of of yoga which comes back behind that and creates a healing uh... sensation for you i think you create that balance that's, that's definitely needed not just for the body but for the mind as well
0: mm-hmm. In in one of my books, Slow Down, Keith, I tell this story about a guy that I was doing a television show with, um, and uh, and Carl, his name was, Carl was an executive director, executive producer, and he was trying everything in the world to lose weight, and I think you're going to relate to this. So he hired the best trainers in L.A., the best nutritionist in L.A., and this went on for a couple years. He couldn't lose the weight. One of his friends, um, who is Rodney Yee, Rodney is a guy that does tons of yoga DVDs. Right. Uh, Are you familiar with Rodney's work?
1: I I am familiar.
0: Yeah. And so Rodney said to him, would you give yoga a chance, you know, to help you lose the weight, to which Carl thought that was Carl Lawton, his name is Carl, thought that was insane. Like, why would someone do yoga to lose weight? How do you think, Keith, it works? Because it worked. Like, how could yoga help our listeners lose weight? Do you have any idea?
1: Basically, in, in my opinion, uh, as we create the injuries physically, we forget that we, we also have to recognize on the internal aspect of the healing that needs to go on as well, because if you can imagine uh, maybe twisting an ankle, for instance, uh, and say the doctor gives you three or four weeks to heal from the injury physically. Well, even after that three or four-week period, you'll realize that you still favor that ankle. That's an emotional attachment. So a lot of times you have to really not only uh, relate to the outside, but you're also taken uh, from an internal perspective as well. And with, with something competitive like football as well, it becomes a spiritual sense as well. It basically comes down to the to idea of, or basically the essence of how you perceive yourself. So you've got three levels of, 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 of healing that's necessity. And what yoga does, it allows you to go internally. So now right. you can look at yourself from the internal essence and realize it's the basic principle of alchemy. What's on the inside reflects on the outside. So uh, it just makes you look in- inward. And when you go inward, you realize all the junk, all the all the conditioning, all the congestions and blockages and all those types of things. And you'll start letting those things go, not only just from a physical standpoint, but it will first start internally.
0: Mm-hmm. I I can imagine as you're talking, Keith, I can imagine that this would happen. Then what you're saying is you clear up the internal, the belief systems, the fears, the insecurities or whatever. Then in this guy's case, what could have happened? If he's clearing that up with yoga, then he wants to release that emotional eating. If he was emotionally overeating, treat his body better. I can see the lineup now. Like if we're taking care of ourselves internally, that's going to reflect on the outside. I love it. I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I have a teacher, one of my teachers, Ganga White, I mean, he's an amazing teacher, and, and he, he, he always says this statement, it's not about what you're doing, it's why you're doing it. And a lot of times we'll be doing different things uh, without, without consciously uh, realizing what we're actually doing. Like, you, you see so many people who, who binge on the weekend, and then uh, first thing Monday, they're going doing CrossFit training. Basically, they're in the habit of beating themselves up, putting themselves through a physical abuse, Right. that they've done from, you know, during the weekend. And so so by by, by creating habits like that, it really kind of sets us up for, like, a distortion of, of just really understanding what are we really doing to ourselves. Are we really mm-hmm. showing care, care to ourselves, patience, compassion, things like that, or are we just taking ourselves through the ring and creating another... Uh, conditioning Mm -hmm. on top of all the conditions that we have already. So it's basically a principle of just, you know, breaking down the essence of who we are as individuals.
0: Mm. I love it. It's about self-care, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And and creating it for your own, creating a practice for yourself and and, and not really duplicating anyone else's, but finding a practice that, Mm -hmm. that resides for you and, and fits for you for the rest of your life. I mean, you'd be so surprised a lot of athletes who leave the game and, you know, say they're my age, I'm 38, I'll be 39 next year. I mean, you you, you talk to them and they say, well, I'm getting in shape. Okay, what are you doing? Well, my regimen is similar to when I was playing the game. And a lot of po- people who who didn't play uh, professional sports, maybe they played uh, high school, college, and they'll still have the same mind state of preparation of getting their bodies in shape when they don't have a game to prepare for. Right. You know, so so basically, it's not about uh, the the things we've done in our past, but, but create a new angle mm. of how we're looking at ourselves for the game that we have to play now, and that's just basically functionality of life. You know, yeah, like functionality I, within life. So it, it's it's really it's really cool. I I really dig it, and, and the meditation uh, process has been so helpful for for me to deal with the you know life after football, so to speak.
0: Right, right. Keith, I'm going to ask you to hang right there with this. We're going to go to a quick break. Keith Mitchell, uh, former NFL linebacker, former all-pro linebacker, now a huge proponent, as you can hear the passion in his voice of yoga. We're going to come back and talk more about the spiritual path, the benefits of our attitude to yoga, life after football and life after what is it for you that you need to transition into something new to create that new you. If you want more information on Keith Mitchell, go to kmitchell59.com. K Mitchell 59. We are returning. one 800 548 More information on our guests as well as the show at talkdavid.com. Stay right there. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show, celebrating 22 years on the air. David Essel alive, 1-800-548-8255. My special guest right now, Keith Mitchell, former All-Pro linebacker. Um, now, totally promoting and loving and receiving benefits from the art of yoga. Hey, Keith, how long did it take you when you first started doing yoga? How long did it take you to see some type of change, whether it was physiologically, emotionally? How long was it for you?
1: Well, I mean, almost immediately. I mean, the concept of what I've realized, you give a little bit back to your body, your body will respond in huge ways. I mean, I i, I challenge anyone, go out and take a, find a class to go to and, and just – And just sit back and just observe the body and, and it will, it will respond in huge ways. Just the feeling that you feel. And you'll kind of want that feeling to last so you'll continue to practice. I mean, it's just, it's just getting the guys, getting the people in, in the door and, and, and getting them exposed to a lot of people have a misconception of what yoga is. If you want your fitness, you can get your fitness in. If you want your meditation, you can get your meditation. It's kind of like two birds, one stone. Uh, but it's it's really worth it. It's really worth it
0: and And how much time do you spend daily or weekly doing yoga?
1: Well, for me, I mean due to a lot of the the uh, the entry sustained plan um You know, it's it's an everyday deal for me. Uh, It's necessary for me, uh, for any anyone. That's why I I do have a program that I'm really pushing toward the NFL Players Association to get uh, an exercise facility built to uh, to have the guys once they they leave the game to to teach them about nutrition, to teach them about Mm. uh, the concept of yoga, meditation, things like that. To just basically give them an out of letting them uh, have an option to deal with their injuries for more or less a whole approach uh, right and and, and just and, you know and just really you know really focus the mind because I mean the attachment that you have to like for instance when I left the game I was like 33 so I had played you know football it was a part of my life for like 17 18 years so once mm-hmm. you leave the game and you lose that I mean that's a big that's a big loss and a lot of people are you know as you see uh, you know we had the situation with Seau and, and Dave Durson and, and, and right mother uh, other legendary players play a game, uh, just really having some uh, really hard times after you know life after football. so mm-hmm. I think it's re- it's really necessary, especially with all the the brain contusions, you know concussions mm-hmm. and all these types of things. i just I think it's just necessary for the guys to have this option holistically to heal
0: yeah I agree hundred percent keith what about what about going after the n f l to even offer this and institute it for guys that are currently playing because i 'm sure that yoga could have a great impact on them dealing with the stress of life as well as maybe helping them to heal more quickly wouldn't it that's a
1: great idea, and I agree with you a, a lot and I think you know in my in my project, I do have uh, examples of that uh Uh, in my proposal because, you know, we're slapping fines on these guys for, for, you know, the drug abuse and and the the breaking of the rules and things like that, but that's not phrasing them. But if you make these guys sit and and, and actually look at themselves from a different perspective, Mm. uh, you know, it's more or less, it goes beyond the slap on the wrist, so to speak, and it takes them really into a, 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 a rehabilitation that can help them not have to cross this path again of getting suspended or to, and just basically helping these guys you know be better individuals period
0: right can- can you answer this question honestly and if you can I'd love to know the answer the percentage of football players that are using some inf- in in uh, performance enhancing drug
1: oh uh, I, I, you know what and, and uh, to be honest i and I didn't realize it, You know, in my career, I didn't realize how rampant that was. Um, But that's that's pretty high. I mean, you got guys, I mean, no disrespect to these guys. You know, I'm a fan of Adrian Peterson. I, I watched this kid since he was in Oklahoma. But, I mean, no one's superhuman. You can't tell me that a guy can... You know, tear his ACL, MCL, and come back less than twelve months and do what he did in a year. I, that's impossible. You can't tell mm-hmm. me. You know, like I said, I just gave Ray Lewis a ton of praise. You can't tell me a person uh, a few months ago, you know, tore
0: a tricep. A tricep, uh, right?
1: And, and then come back in the same season at his age. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, Terrell sucks. I mean, the list can go on and on. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, just not happening. But, but the thing is that these things are, you know, getting kind of slid under the rug, and and these guys are, you know, doing what they're doing. But at the the end of the day, these guys are going to be looking at these injuries all over again and and having to deal with these once they leave the game. And that's where the, the programs, like I'm suggesting, are going to be so helpful and necessary for these guys to not only just cope with life after football, but cope with the misery of all that pain that's sustained while
0: playing. Right on right right you know i'm going to give out your website if you want more information on keith mitchell and everything that he's doing go to kmitchell59.com kmitchell59.com absolute keith this has been a blast i am so glad that you were able to come on the show and and i would love to bring you back to talk more if your time opens up in the future how does that sound
1: that sounds great, but David, let me say one more thing. My website is not up yet, but I'm, I'm okay. on Twitter, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, and, and you can always ask me any questions. There. And I have to give another quote that my teacher always says. There's, there's no dumb there's no dumb questions, only dumb answers. So I put all the pressure on myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Keith. Thank you, bro. <laughs> hey, thank you, bye-bye Dave. now. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. I'm David Essel. More to come. Stay there. <laughs> You're rocking across the USA with David Essel alive. Nice to have you on board, and thank you for taking some time to hang out and chill with us. You know, what a great show. we. I, I am always so happy with the guests we have, Lorna Byrne. Talking about the angels and how to have hope in all kinds of disarray that we might find ourselves in life, how to reach out, talk to your angels, ask for guidance. I love that. Keith Mitchell, all pro linebacker, um, sharing, and the, the, the thing I love about Keith's story is the fact that here's this guy, and if you, and if you go on Twitter and, and, uh, and search for Keith Mitchell or Facebook, when you see pictures of this guy, this guy is absolutely ripped. But the fact is, is that finding that inner path, that self-care with yoga, which he continued to refer back to, brilliant for all of us. Every person listening to the show could benefit through more faith, hope, prayers to your angels, and more self-care for your mind, body, and soul. one 800 548 one Text us at 941-266. I have a topic coming up about sex and 13-year-old girls. The daughter, 13-year-old daughter, I've got this question coming up, and this is interesting because this is the one of the biggest arenas I love working in. Uh, having a daughter that wants to talk about sex, that wants to get down to the nitty-gritty of sex, that's got to be so freaking unbelievable for moms and dads if you're not prepared. We're going to help you get prepared today. one 800 548 Text us at 941-266-7676. Uh, also, like us on Facebook, David Essel Live, LinkedIn, David Essel, Twitter, David Essel. You got it. So help me out with this one. This is interesting. Uh, I have a 13-year-old daughter who's asking all kinds of questions about sex. I know you've worked with many teens over the years regarding sex. I heard you over 10 years ago share a story about a 13-year-old girl I worked with. Yes, and I can remember this to this day. This girl was so pressured to have sex with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was 14 or 15, um, that she contacted me at the show, sent us an email asking, please, I'm supposed to do it tonight. Could you please help me? It was the most precious, unbelievable, email, one of the most unbelievable emails we ever got. And uh, and this, this goes on. The question that's coming up, up for me today is, how do I talk to her? Her friends many who have already had sex, and several who consider oral sex with boyfriends not real sex. Do I talk about or even offer the concept of birth control? I'm so afraid that because of the peer pressure, she may go against her own best interests and have sex. I really need some guidance. What has worked for you? Have you had teenage daughters? Have you figured out a way to talk to them about sex, to be open with them about sex? Call us, 1-800-548-8255. Do you, do you share limits with them, and what is their response? Rules with them, and what is their response? Do you talk to them about celibacy? Do you talk to them about kissing, about touching? What is it? If you're in this woman's situation, a 13-year-old daughter whose friends are having sex and they're having oral sex but they don't consider that real sex how would you approach that what have you done have you raised daughters have you have you been willing to talk to them have you not talked to them and regretted it do you wish you could have been open with your daughters when they were young in their teenage years most parents that i've met and this is a god's honest truth do not want to broach the subject out of embarrassment, out of not knowing what to say, and they will bring them into someone like me to sit down and talk to them about sex, which I don't think is a bad thing, because at least they're getting some information. But what have you done? one 8255 And what would you tell this woman? How would you help this woman with a thirteen year old daughter? How would you help her talk to her, share with her? Do you just tell her flat out that, you know what, you're not going to have sex, celibacy is the only way? Do you share with her that, okay, You know, let's talk about kissing, let's talk about fondling, let's talk about touch? What have you done? I would love to know what America thinks, what America does when it comes to this. I know what I do as a professional, but what do you do as a parent? Do you think that parents are more open these days than years ago? Do you think parents are talking more about sex with teenage girls? Do you think it's still difficult and still hard for a dad to sit down with his little girl and talk about sex? Do you think it's gotten easier? Do you think it's gotten easier? Do you think it's gotten harder? Where are you with that? one 800 This is a mom writing in. And she's taken it upon herself, but she doesn't even know where to go. A very difficult situation. Some parents I've talked to have said, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway, which is kind of a defeatist attitude if you ask me, but they throw it up to the winds of fate. I've tried to talk to her, but she won't listen. And then when we get down to the nitty-gritty, they tried to talk to her once. Hello? Once. One time. And, of course, dads coming from the perspective of, oh, my God, my little girl is going to have sex? I don't want to talk to her about that. I've had dads in my office, when we started to broach it with the teen, get up and leave. They felt embarrassed. They felt ashamed that they couldn't have that conversation. What do you think? 1-800-548-8255. one 548 8255 do you, I, I don't know if anyone remembers this. A number of years ago, I had an interview with one of the most unbelievable authors in the world. Is, and here's a t- oh, and this is interesting. Here's a text in. Uh, this is great because it's right about what I was going to talk about. Uh, former Surgeon General, oh, Jocelyn Elders. Remember that she was fired because she advocated mutual masturbation as an alternative to sex. Okay, check this out. I 100% agree with Jocelyn Elders, with her comment, and let me tell you why. It's not just because I agree with it. I agree with it out of fact. We had a woman call up who was with a uh, teen pregnancy organization, and she came on the show to give us these unbelievable facts that in their studies, the number one reason... Outside of peer pressure, the number two reason, let's say then, that a young, a teenage girl will have sex is because she believes that she cannot give herself the same feeling of satisfaction through her own self-pleasure. That she needs to have a boy doing it by being inside of her. God's honest truth. So a young girl believes that the only way that she's going to reach that high level of pleasure is if a boy is doing this, if a boy is having sex with her. The whole mission, and I cannot remember the name of this organization, the whole mission of the organization was to teach young women about self-pleasure so they didn't give their power away to young boys thinking that was the only way that they could get those sensations. Isn't that amazing? Now you have to be very open-minded. You have to be incredibly open-minded to, to be willing to talk to your teen age daughter about such things as kissing and fondling and mutual masturbation. You have to be so open-minded. But, but wait a minute. And then someone else, here's another text in saying, uh, if someone is brought up in a sound, Religious background, celibacy is the only way. Thank you for that text. I appreciate that. And celibacy is a way. Absolutely. When you were a teen, did that cross your mind? When you were a teen, did you have sex before you were ready? When you were a teen, did your first sexual experience, was it right? Did you feel good about it? Were you prepared? See, this is one of the things that we, I believe we have, we have to be educating, especially our young girls, because they're the ones that can get pregnant. We have to be educating them on choice, on personal power, on having control of their own bodies, on doing what is right for them, on having options. Do you know what I mean? Like options, like education is teaching options and solutions to the peer pressure. Most of the young women I've worked with, when I talk to them about their friends who have had sex, I will tell you this, 90% of their friends who have had sex regretted it. 90% of these young girls, these teenage girls regretted it. And do you know why? Because they did it to keep the boy with them. They said that if I didn't have sex, he would have left me. So they are already learning codependent skills, which are not healthy. Codependency is not a healthy skill, but instead of having the boy upset with them, instead of having the boy leave them, they gave in, and they had sex because they became codependent. Their fear of rejection, their craving of acceptance was so strong that they decided to give in and have sex instead of not giving in, being strong, holding their own power, and then you know what happens in a lot of the cases. The young boy leaves anyway. So now they're filled with remorse, with guilt, with stress, because here they open themselves up. And I'm not going to say they were taken advantage of because they made that choice. They open themselves up to an experience that really could be and should be unbelievably gorgeous and beautiful. And now they look at it with shame and guilt. And what's the next step? Well, the next step is to cover that shame and guilt. How do we cover it as teens? We cover it with food, alcohol, nicotine, drugs. So then we see this holy cow experience. We see this person, this young girl filled with shame and guilt that now has to act out to cover the shame and guilt because do you know why? She has no one to go and talk to about it. She can't talk to her mom and dad about she feels shame and guilt because of the fact that she had sex with someone when she wasn't ready, when she didn't know what it meant. 1-800-548-8255. I would love to hear from people that have had either good experiences or not good experiences in talking to their teenage daughters about sex. It is a terrifying subject for everyone involved until we take the shame and guilt of sex away from the equation and talk factually and talk with love. After these messages, we're continuing. I'll get more to your texts. We'll get more to your emails. We'll get as many of you guys, the responses you're giving me out as possible. Call me 1-800-548-8255, bringing you topics and thoughts and ideas to radically shift this world in a most positive way possible. More information on everything we do at TalkDavid.com. I am David Essel. Stay right there. You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's Positive Talk Radio Show, where we are all about solutions. 1-800-548-8255. We're talking about teenage girls, teenage boys, sex. Uh, We're going to go to John in Tennessee in just a second. Here's a, a text in. David, junior high, 12 years old, on We Need Your Help. Plain talk on sex with girls is needed. 1-800-548-8255 one 800 Tennessee. John, you're on with David Essel.
2: Yeah, hey David, uh, how are you this evening?
0: Hey, I'm doing good, John. What's your thoughts on this topic?
2: Well, I gotta tell you that uh, respect has gotta be uh, taught. It's, of course, the responsibility of the parents, but at 13 years old, uh, I, I built a little fort out, <laughs> out in the backyard, and it was one of those... Uh, uh, neighbors, I think she was 16, came over, and uh, I'll show if you show, and I lost my virginity there, but I've got to tell you, I was the, eight. A- I am still the eight a- atypical male where, uh, I mean, I love sex, I'll get it, you know, well, I can't get it anymore, I'm married, but, uh, it, it, you know, <laughs> John, like-
0: John, John, wait a minute, yeah. I I hope your wife isn't listening right now.
2: <laughs> uh, no, like, like I say, I can't get it anymore where I want it. but until, up until I was married, I was very promiscuous. In other words, to me, atypical male, it's, it's, it's a physical thing. It's not so much you know spiritual and huggy and kissy and but I guess the point I'm trying to make is girls are different. Uh, they, there's a different outcome and a, and a responsibility uh and and that's just kind of the male view i i wanted to share with you because with me it's always been a physical thing and now i'm 55 and i still basically feel the same way although i have a lot of respect for women and and i'm not going to do anything they don't want to do you know
0: right 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 now now do you think have, have you ever had children john
2: yes i have two right now
0: and are they are they boys or girls
2: I've got one boy twelve and uh, my girl's eighteen
0: all right and did did you talk to your girl when she was twelve thirteen fourteen openly honestly candidly about sex
2: oh I absolutely did and I am I'm a wide open book I told her everything about guys uh, they just want to get off they want to be touched you know after that it's like you know let's just have a hamburger or something or whatever
0: right and right. I, I,
2: yeah, I explained everything to her. I held nothing back. The guys want to get off, and uh, they're going to do anything they can. They want to touch you. They're going to want to do all this to you. And uh, that's basically where their mind is at, you know. And she's got to be, I told her, you got to be aware of this, because you're. if you end up with a disease or you end up pregnant, that's going to be the rest of your life. You're going to pay for that.
0: Right, 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 right. Now, is she is she openly talked to you about her response to what you were saying? Does she understand it? Um, do you, Do you believe that she should just be celibate? What's your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, that's a very good question. I <laughs> see now she's eighteen, so she's she's should be I should say should be responsible uh, for her own actions. But uh, uh, she is uh, I don't know how to put it. Somewhat uh, promiscuous. Uh, as we speak, she's uh, still living at home. Uh, I forgot the point of your question, though.
0: Uh, well, I'm wondering, like, you know, is, it, is this something where you ask your child, you say to your 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 18 year old girl, you know, I'd like you to be celibate. You, you can you can play, you can touch, but I really want you to stay away from the whole sexual thing until you understand yourself, your body, the relationship, etc.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, uh, they, they have to understand that it's a very serious thing. It's not, it's not, that that is the most intimate, the most personal thing you could ever, ever do with another person. And, and until you know them uh, uh, intimately, uh, I, I think, well, it's, it's a tough call. It really is. I think she should be, oh, boy, I'm
0: going to leave it up to her. I'm going to leave it up okay. to her. Okay, John. Hey, John, thank you so much for the call. Thanks for the show, buddy. Yeah, you, you got it, man. Let's go from uh, Tennessee to New Mexico. Brenda, what are your thoughts on this topic?
3: Hi. I think the mother definitely needs to have a series of conversations with her daughter because 13 is certainly too young, I think, physiologically to be engaging in true sexual activity. I have a 12-year-old son, and my intention is to be there, you know, in that conversation. I'm a nurse, and so, you know, parts of parts to me, but uh, it's the emotional part of the act of sex that kids are not ready for either. But as I wanted to share, as a young woman growing up in a, you know, conservative part of western Pennsylvania, there, sex was always shame-based. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my mother was never comfortable talking to me, and I I didn't learn anything about sex until I went to nursing school, and my mouth was open quite a bit. <laughs> you know, but um, and as I'm almost fifty now, but it took till I was about thirty to thoroughly enjoy sex with mm-hmm. a man. And, and,
0: and Brenda, Brenda, we have about a minute and a half left. Do you think yeah. at, at 13, 14, 15, 16, do you think parents should be talking to their kids about the whole thing with mutual masturbation? Do you think they should stay on the line of celibacy? What's your thoughts?
3: I think they need to have different categories. You know, what is sex and what is sex in our family? Does that Are there religious components of it that sex is a natural act? And it shouldn't be shamed. It is mm-hmm. a loving process, but you have to have responsibility. And teenagers are too young to have that responsibility. And so, at this point, sea I think, would be the, the best avenue. And they're going to play. They're going to touch, but you know, not going the full monty, I think, would be a good plan.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, Brenda, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really glad that you gave us a call. It's nice to talk to you. All right. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you. Bye-bye now. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, it it does come down at some point to common sense, but I want to say this again, especially coming from, because this this was written about a 13-year-old girl, my belief system is what we do in the office when we're counseling young teenagers is about the respective body, understanding their bodies, learning more about their bodies, understanding the ramifications that if you have sex with a boy to try to keep him, it's 100% the wrong reason. 100% the wrong reason If you're fearing rejection Let's talk about the rejection you fear If you're craving acceptance and you're willing to do anything To be accepted, to be liked by your peers Let's talk about that Because then we can get somewhere in life Email me always at talkdavid.com And you know, across the USA If you have a teen, you need someone to talk Email me at talkdavid.com I will work with your teens as we have for 20 years I would love it I can do what sometimes parents are afraid to do I'm David Essel, stay right there